What's up, everybody? As I mentioned on Tuesday's show, college basketball is back. And so, of course, Tyler Aki from Locked on Syracuse is going to find his way over more towards the basketball th- side of things, thighs of things, that too. We are going to kick things off by going over a couple of big games, some big debuts for coaches and players, right? And Syracuse knocking on doors, Buddy Beheim, Jimmy Beheim. I mean, it's just a lot going on that we have to go over on today's show. But more importantly, week 11 football, it's still here. We've got some big games happening tonight and this weekend. So we're going to go over that with you now. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tyler Aki from Locked on Syracuse in the building. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's. want to thank our fan, fan, fans. There it is. Okay, we're just going to stutter through the show. It's fine. Don't care. <laughs> thank our friends from McDonald's who have always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. They are the unofficial community center. A big thank you to our guys there because you know what? We're loving it. Tyler, thank you so much for joining me. I know you're so happy that you get to remove yourself a little bit from that football talk and now get <laughs> basketball conversation in this bad boy you can thank your tar heels for that i mean it, <laughs> they, they officially ruined the acc this season did so thank they you, thank you for that um but i mean it's the acc it's the all chaos conference this year on the football side of things on the basketball side things are looking pretty strong there's a couple stragglers a couple stragglers but things okay. are looking pretty strong overall <laughs> Did you think that Wake Forest actually had a chance to be in the college football playoffs had they won against Carolina? If they had won, I mean, when you're an undefeated team, you always have your your name in the thick of things, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if if they were to go 13-0, I think it would be really hard, even if, though it is the ACC, not the strongest of football conferences, I think it would be very hard to leave out a 13-0 ACC team. And we hadn't really seen yeah. Wake Forest get tested. They hadn't played a lot of good teams up to that point, UNC was their biggest test so far, and they failed. And credit to credit to the Tar Heels for going out and pulling out the victory, but they, you also ruined uh, you ruined the conference this year. So thank you very much, Mac Brown. <laughs> you know, I think Mac Brown is perfectly fine with that because if you keep it a band, they were supposed to be the Wake Forest of yep. this conference this year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're just trying to play spoiler. They're going to be on another spoiler tour as they take on Pittsburgh tonight. But we'll talk about that. that. Game, it wasn't a. It wasn't even a conference game. Right, it wasn't. It was no. a, a, a non-con. Uh, one of yeah. those that I think we're going to see a, a fair amount more moving forward, especially as we move yeah. into the college football playoff era. But it's even worse because not only is it non-con, but you just blew it. You blew it for the whole crew. But you know it's fine. I'll I'll take it where I can get it. Now let's move on to this basketball conversation. As I had mentioned at the top of the show, there's so many good storylines to follow as we're going into this season. Hubert Davis had his first big win from North Carolina, and they played Loyola, but. To me, the big, great group of conversation is around Syracuse, and I love having that you're here beating Lafayette handedly. Buddy Bayheim and company seems to be picking off right where they left off when it came to NCAA tournament time. So talk about this team and why I've been following Locked on Syracuse. I'm feeling like you already guys already are thinking Final Four. So <laughs> convince me why I shouldn't just join the team because I'm always ready to hop on a train. Let me just be honest. Even as a Carolina fan, you're ready to hop on a train? I, will, I mean, at this point, I've become so indifferent about Carolina. I can't get myself – if you've seen me talk about their football program, I'm the same way about their basketball last couple of years. You okay. can't get emotionally involved. 
because you'll get your feelings hurt. All right. You're not buying into Hubert Davis hype in in, in game number one. All right. All right. I see you. Um, (laughs) But no, I mean, this team went out and did what they had to do. They left no doubt for 40 minutes. And I don't think anyone, there's only a handful of other teams across the ACC that I feel like can really say that. It's Florida State. It's Virginia Tech. It's Syracuse. I think North Carolina, you could lump in there. But like even Louisville took their lumps for a little bit. Virginia lost the game. Uh, Clemson played t- a tight game for the most part during their contest. Miami did. Wake did. I mean, BC and Pitt and, and Georgia Tech all with lackluster performances too. So that's what you want to see in these first couple of tune-up games is leave no doubt for 40 minutes. And they did that. A couple of the other teams in their tier didn't do that. And that's reason for optimism, I think. Again, I'm not going to overreact to one game here, but it's a good sign if that's what you're doing in game number one. I know we talk a lot about Coach K's final season and they played in the Champions Classic. They beat, you know, number 10 Kentucky. That's Duke that we're speaking on. And, of course, the narrative is going to be around that. You see on the ACC Network, it's as if it's Coach K Network, right? It's all the hype and love. But you still have a Hall of Fame coach and buddy in Jim Beheim, who is certainly going to make a name for himself with this Syracuse squad. Why do you think – do you feel like it's better to ride under that shadow and just come out on top when it's all said and done? Yeah, the best Jim Beheim teams are the ones that come in with minimal expectations. Like, mm. if the, the worst possible thing for this team would have ha- been to have a preseason ranking, I think. Mm. And mm-hmm. I think they got a handful of votes, maybe like two or three, but it would have been the worst possible thing to come in with these lofty expectations. They're picked to finish right in the middle of the ACC at seventh. So I, I think that was the best possible thing because I look at this roster, you got too many vets to fail, in my opinion, too many quality vets to fail. When you look at guys like Buddy Bayheim, who's going to be in the thick of things for most outstanding player of the year and, mm-hmm. and the, the Wooden Award and, and the, the All-American teams, you've got Joe Girard in his third season. Looks like he may have found his stride with fans back in stands. He's one of those guys that feeds off energy like that. You bring, bring in a guy like Cole Swider, who comes from a championship program in Villanova, that, that, and he's going to be one of their best players this season. And then you bring in Jimmy Bayheim as well, who was the best player on Cornell from two seasons ago. Of course, the Ivy League didn't play any games last season, so he didn't play. But it just seems like one of those teams with you've got too many quality veteran players in a game that prides itself on experience to Mm -hmm. fail. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree there, but I want to get your thoughts more so on Paolo Banquero, that oh, Duke yeah. squad, and Trevor Keel, and how they're all doing, because a lot of talk and conversation, again, has been around Coach K in his final season, and I want to make sure that we give all the hype, because I don't want to seem biased, because I am <laughs> going to talk about Hubert Davis as well, but, you know, we're going to spread the love on today's show. As I mentioned, this episode brought to you by McDonald's. If you have not yet, you should certainly get to your local McDonald's today and get your opportunity to reconnect with some friends and family as we're gearing up for the end of football season you know basketball just starting you could start you know some late night basketball games with some coffee you could have yourself a nice little big mac you know little big mac there you go and give yourself a chance to just really enjoy some good refueling and get a little recharge now if you have not yet maybe you want to have a little locked on acc party as we're gearing up for the championship game for football maybe you want to take your talents down to charlotte get yourself something for a road trip you'll you'll surely be well fed with mcdonald's a big thank you to our friends for always being there because simply We're loving it. 
You know, Duke has been top of the storylines and the conversations around them have certainly been about Coach K in his final season. But we cannot sleep on this Duke team. Paolo Bancaro and Trevor Keel are certainly two guys to where everything feels a little bit different. They're walking with their shoulders up and they're playing hungry. You know, they're ready to get in Kentucky's guys' faces, which honestly, last season, I wouldn't have said that. I would have said they're playing scared or they're playing a little overwhelmed. But I think 2020 is certainly behind them and they want Coach K to go out on top. It very much feels like this team is on a mission and they're not going to stop until they see it all the way through. This has the vibes of the RJ and Zion team to me. I mean, you look at the way that Paolo and Trevor Keels played in this game and it feels like that's what it's going to be again this year. And Keels was the leading scorer in this game with 25 and Carroll had 22. And remember RJ outscored Zion in that opening game of the, mm -hmm. the champions classic too, from a couple of seasons ago. But I mean, you just look at it, you bring up the toughness factor. This looks like a team that's got some football players on it. And yeah. I think the same could have been said on the other side too, with Kentucky, with some of the dudes that they were throwing out there. But I mean, Trevor Keels, a big dude. Bancaro played football in high school, probably could have played D1 football, I'd imagine, too. Mark Williams, Theo John, A.J. Griffin, like those are guys that provide a toughness. They've got strength to them, and I, I, I think you're right. You hit it on the head there where they've got a little extra juice to them as well, and that's a dangerous combination when you've got motivation and you've got physicality as well. Absolutely. Now, I think I'm going to get annoyed, very honestly, with the whole storyline being about Coach K because these players are doing well. But you even saw them getting nods from guys like LeBron James, right? Having Paolo Bancaro get having that yep. fan guy moment, you see right? Him. Yeah, because he geeked out on it. Yep. <laughs> it's very real. Like, you absolutely want to get that respect from some of those top guys. But having all of those hitters in the Madison Square Garden, it doesn't get much better than that. And to me, if I'm a recruit and I'm looking at where do I want to go next year or where do I want to go two, three years? years from now, yeah. Duke is selling itself, right? I think that's the biggest thing that I took away from those moments beyond just, you know, incredible basketball. But on the flip side, we're seeing kind of what Duke will go through with John Shire here with Hubert Davis, starting your first year, having a good showing, getting the game ball, you're taking it all in. You never thought you'd be in this position. All of that feel good, but he wants it to be about the players. Now, I think that they've also had some good guys who stepped in, some good transfers. And to me, the story more so in the you know, around the conference about the transfers. Who can come in, make a difference early? Brady Mandick, Dawson Garcia are two guys that I'm already like, okay, if you can come in and flow nicely with Kayla Love and RJ Davis, we can certainly have, you know, a strong season from the heels. Yeah, I think that this was a very refreshing game for Caleb Love in particular. It had the 22 points, but you're right. It came down to the transfers here. And when you look at what Dawson Garcia brought in and Brady Manick bought, they, they combined for 32 points. Garcia came off the bench. Each of them played 29 minutes. I, I like this little combination here. I know, and, and this is a, a Carolina team that loves going big. Year after year, they love to go big. And you got two quality big guys that are already joining. Armando Baycott, who didn't play a lot in this game, had a little bit of foul trouble. But it's going to be how Hubert Davis, and it feels like this has been the conversation that we had with Roy to a degree too, but how he figures out the big man situation and how he rotates guys and, and gives out minutes and rations them. So once he figures it out and finds sort of the recipe of game flow that clicks, this can be a dangerous Carolina team. And I think they've got plenty of talent on this roster. When you look at guys like Baycott and Love and Manic and Garcia and some guys off the bench too, there, there's plenty of firepower on this team. I know it's super early. We've only had one to two games from people, but is it already feeling top-heavy for you? Are you already feeling like, you know, the Syracuses, the Florida States, the Carolinas, the Dukes of the world are already trying to make their claim and being the best in this conference? 
No, because okay. I think that seeing if Syracuse here, here's a couple of teams that I think will be the contingent of how strong the ACC is going to be this year. It's going to come down to what that tier of Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Louisville, Notre Dame, and Virginia do. If yep. those five teams can prove to be quality teams and like you get four of them in the top 25, I gave you five teams there. If four of them can make their way into the top 25 pretty steadily throughout the season, then the ACC is going to be a force to be reckoned with. So heading into the season, Ken Palm had them as the worst of the power six when you throw the the Big East in there as well. Mm -hmm. They've already elevated to fourth, and, and that's yeah. just after one game. And, and let's be honest, the ACC has the best win in the country right now, in my opinion, with Duke taking down Kentucky. And right. that was a really hard-fought game, and I thought that Duke played spectacular. They, they fend off a, a big comeback attempt by Kentucky. That's the best win in the country right now. And for if you're the ACC, you need to continue to rack those up. Continue to rack up quality wins. Florida State's got a chance this weekend against Florida. That's another mm -hmm. little banner that you can hang for, for the conference if you can go out and win one of those games. You're going to be in big games in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. You've got teams going to battle for Atlantis. Uh, so stuff like that matters. you got to rack up wins that way in, in these big situations and big preseason tournaments. Yeah, so to that point of the five you mentioned, Virginia definitely didn't get noticed. They didn't know that the season mm -hmm. started <laughs> getting dropped by yeah. Navy. You know, that's one of those like, ooh, I wish we could have back. But I think it's also sport teams the troops, like all right? it's a it's a sport the <laughs> troops game. All right. Okay, sorry. It's Veterans Day. Shout out to all my veterans. Thank you for all that you've done. Right. Absolutely. I definitely still want the win. You know, obviously, I get I get all of that. All all to say that I still want the conference to not drop out of the top twenty five. But that means you or there. <laughs> But I will say, you know, when it comes to teams that must have kind of decent seasons or improve a little bit, I think it's also the Wake Forces of the world, right? I think Coach yeah. Forbes has certainly taken that team to a different level. And now that he's finally going to get some fans, and he really spoke to during ACC tip-off about how his guys, some of them he's never even met their parents just because he hasn't been able to build that relationship. So I think that'll be interesting. Boston College, I know everyone's writing them off, but hey, let's take one win where we can get them. They might be few and far between this year, but I think Coach Grant's already showing promise to what should be a very up and down season for that squad but no all around agree I think that the more games that you can uplift the Virginia Techs of the world the more that they can stay in the conversation it'll be better for the conference overall so I'm with you not 100% but I'm with you but I also think me. I want to talk about Pitt because boy if there's oh. one team that we're going to have to pull along not to beat. <laughs> get him out conversation, get them out Jeff Capel you know, your time has come out. I think we're the seats are good. I know we haven't had like a hot seat, warm seat kind of thing conversation for our basketball coaches, but I think Pitt Capels is tough. I think losing the Citadel, having one of your biggest commits decommit from the university, it's been a rough week for Pitt basketball, and I think it's not going to get necessarily better for the team. Well, this is year four for him too. I mean, there's no excuses at this point. You had the okay first year, it's okay. You're getting your feet under yourself. Second year, you're building something, maybe get a couple splash wins here or there. Third year, all right, this is kind of, you, you start to find your identity. Fourth year, you've got no excuses. Fourth year is you've got all your recruits in. Fourth mm -hmm. year is you've established your culture. And the fact that you go out and, and in game number one, you drop a bye game right out of the gates. I mean, that stuff can't be happening against the Citadel. No, I mean, that that is why Pitt really concerns me because this is a team that, Right now in Ken Palm is ranked 166th in the country. You're an ACC program. Every single ACC program should be ranked in the top 100. Mm -hmm. Like, 
and the fact that not only are you not top 100, you're trending closer to 200 than you are 100 is a big problem. <laughs> this is your yeah. four. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. But more than more than anything, I'm wondering if, you know, you have this sort of Duke mentality, this Duke energy, Duke expectation when it comes to college basketball, and that doesn't resonate necessarily for yeah. everybody. Did you come in and try and create your own vibe and maybe tone it down a couple notches, or did you try and come in and be the Coach K type, you know, part 2.0, and that's not necessarily what Pitt may be expecting or want out of their squad at the moment. Can you kind of give that with time? Did you sort of seep that in slowly, but it doesn't seem like his players are really buying in, and there's a lot of turnover. It just it doesn't feel like a good fit. But good try, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's just not, not what we needed. I think the thing with Duke assistance, too, is when you go out and take over your own program, when you're recruiting at Duke, the program sells itself. All right, mm-hmm. you just got to take them on the tour pretty much, and I think you'll sell pretty much any recruit uh, on coming to Duke University. Yeah, but you can't do that at Pitt. The coach has to do the selling there, and when you're the coach at Duke, you don't have to do much of the selling. the The program does that for you. You can't do that at Pitt. You look at some of the other um, Duke assistants that have gone. Chris Collins can't do that at Northwestern. I think the only guy that maybe kind of has it is Mike Bray at. At, uh, at Notre Dame, but even that, I mean, we haven't seen him go out and land these huge recruiting wins either. It's tough. It's really, really tough, and, and that's why I think John Shire, you're going to see him continue to have success because when he was the assistant at Duke, what did he do? He The program sold itself, and now that he's stepping into the big chair, the program's going to sell itself once again, even without K there. Yeah, I agree. I think the one the only coaches that's had, like, to me, success on a big stage was Coach Dawkins, you know, down there at UCF. Yeah. He was in that yeah. whole, you know, uh, NCAA tournament appearance. So it's kind of like, okay, you see what could be if and he you come sold, here. But... He sold the program. He yeah. sold the program and the vision and all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, I think the only other name you can throw out there is Quinn Snyder, and I think that the NBA <laughs> sells itself, Utah Jazz. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So I think that all in all, it's going to be a very interesting season. We have to follow the good storylines, the bad, and clearly the ugly. But as I'd mentioned, it is week 11 and there's football to be discussed. And if you have not yet tapped into some of these bets, I know you'll get plenty of betting content tomorrow with Drizzy Drake for Freestyle Friday. But if you're already ready to go, you've got to go to betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It is simply where the game starts from basketball, football, even to some UFC or favorite Vegas casino games. Don't waste to take advantage of all the amazing offers available to you. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON. Again, it's betonline.ag. We're wrapping up today's show here with Tyler Aki in week 11 again, ACC College Football is here. We've got Carolina playing Pitt tonight in another coastal showdown as clearly Carolina wants to play spoiler for everybody's season. They absolutely can continue this with Pitt, and then they also have to play state to end the season. But Pitt, Carolina tonight should be one where you're circling on your calendar, get your popcorn ready if you don't want to watch some NFL. But 
There's also NC State and Wake Forest coming into this weekend at 7.30 on Saturday. That's the game, to me, of the whole Atlantic division, whether it's going to go down for Wake Forest or really go up for NC State. Are there any games for you that you're like, okay, I really want to see, or you're just vibing this weekend? I think there's a couple that are good ones. Uh, The Thursday one that you brought up there, the one tonight between UNC and Pitt, it feels like this is UNC's chance to sort of be the the Purdue of the ACC and and ruin everyone's season, despite the fact that they're not really playing for a whole heck of a lot. But that would be a, a good win for them. Um, Pitt comes into this one a slightly under a touchdown favorite. And again, they're looking for style points at this juncture because you mm-hmm. still have NC State ahead of you in, in the standings. So I think with Pitt, you've had a couple of losses that you probably feel like you shouldn't have. And right now you're just trying to lay it on some teams. So I I really like watching the pit offense too. It should be another one of those high scoring games. We said it last week with with UNC and wake forest. It was going to be a high scoring affair. And then I think you're going to get a very similar matchup in this one. Not a lot of defensive resistance on either side. And then really, I mean, some of the, the nightcaps too on ABC, as well as on the ACC network, we'll go to to seven 30 on, on Saturday, Notre Dame traveling to Virginia to take on the Cavs. I think that's going to be a fun matchup. You've got one team that's predicated on offense in Virginia versus another team that's a little more defensive-minded in mm-hmm. in Notre Dame. So the unstoppable force meets the immovable object here. So I'm looking forward to that. And then your ranked matchup of the weekend, NC State-Wake Forest, this is your, your marquee matchup, I think. And Wake Forest, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, but technically they're still undefeated in the ACC. And this is probably going to determine the the Atlantic here in, in this matchup. Yeah, I 100% agree. I wish Notre – this is the only time I wish Notre Dame was in the conference so they could get, you know, in that Virginia conversation and things could really get shaken up for the Coastal. But alas, you know, we could talk about them in the basketball standpoint. So welcome to the, welcome to the party, officially rejoining you guys. But overall, I do think Week 11 Atlantic is going to be – One of the stronger weeks, weekend. I yeah. think, of, of football. Yeah, and, and even I, like some of the other matchups in here are, are a little intriguing to me, like a Syracuse and Louisville, both those teams vying for bowl eligibility. I think mm-hmm. Louisville probably feels like if you if they win this game, they will become bowl eligible because they have Duke on the horizon next. So they're probably like this. They probably feel like this is a must win. And for Syracuse probably feels like a must win, too, because you close the season out on the road against NC State and then at home against Pitt. Those are very tough games to close out your season. So if you can win this one against Louisville, you you get the the bowl eligibility stuff out of the way instead of sweating it out down the way. Is my man Dino keeping his job? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I don't. I I'm just hoping the rest of the staff, except for on the defensive side, the rest of the offensive staff gotta go. Usher gotta out. go. Gotta go. <laughs> I mean, they you saw them do that in Nebraska. It's not impossible right. to fire everybody. I love how Scott Frost just threw everyone under the bus. He's like, sacrifices needed to be made. I mean, it just had to happen. It had to happen. No, it's funny because, you know, of course we do this show. Everyone has comments about things. And I look at my Apple podcast comments and someone's like, I can't believe you went so hard for Dino. Like, are you, because I was like, I think he needs some grace because he's a black coach. And they're like, are you racist? And I'm like, am I racist? Because I want Dino to do well. Don't think that's it. But thank you so, so much. Uh, can I not oh, want someone world. to be successful? I'm like, God, that, that's just what this is, right? So that's why I'm asking clarify. So the person who wrote that comment, I know you're listening because haters still listen to shows right that's yeah. just what the hate is. listens out there yeah absolutely thank you so much and you know i can be reaffirmed from my expert here locked on syracuse host tyler aki it's always a pleasure can you please remind folks of where they can find you follow your work 
Check us out, Locked On Syracuse, every single weekday, Monday through Friday. We're with you every single day, giving you all the latest Syracuse football and basketball. And we're also on YouTube, and you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. Leave reviews, and don't, don't we'll, we'll stand up for Dino from time to time, so uh, <laughs> don't, don't leave the hate reviews. Um, and then we're also on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse, and myself, at Tyler, AKI underscore. No doubt. Thank you guys for coming back. Make sure you make us your first listen each and every day. Follow at Locked on ACC on Twitter. Come back tomorrow for Freestyle Friday. Jersey Drake from Locked on Seminoles will be in the building. So it should be a fun time. We'll get you set for all of those betting options. And we should have just fun because that's what we do here on Locked on ACC.